Good evening, friend, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and as always, I'm joined by Michael Daniels. We've got a special guest with us on the porch tonight. It is my brother, Dave. How's everybody doing? Hey, we got our former co-host finally showing up. <laughs> that was a bit he did one episode. <laughs> he said you were the new co-host, but that I had agreed to cover for you. Oh, good. Thanks for covering me for 69 episodes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's finally showing up for work, you know. Now that you're furloughed, now that, that you're furloughed, furlough you can, business. You come to your now that I'm job. furloughed, I can come in and be involved in my podcast. Finally, <laughs> finally, jeez, I don't even have a front porch on my house. <laughs> is that a is that a thing in Florida that's not common or front just... porches? So we have what's called a Florida room or a screen room or possibly a three season room. Oh, but since we have yeah. four of the same season all year in Florida, <laughs> yeah, uh, we just call it a Florida room. It's a, Florida. It's a screen room essentially. Is it just is it just a port like a back? So would they have back porch here that's screened it's in? It's a back. It's a back porch. Like a screened, that's screened in porch. In. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's the opposite of a front porch because of the killer mosquitoes you guys have there. Because of the mosquitoes, and they are horrendous yeah and in full force yeah i mean you've been in indiana you know that we have pretty bad ones but friggin florida whoo if anybody didn't know i live in florida yeah so you're 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 are you are you remote today on this uh thanksgiving eve christmas no, sorry, not thanksgiving, i am christmas so eve. i'm actually joining dennis uh at his studio here in LaGrange, Indiana. Ah, beautiful. You forgot to say beautiful hometown. LaGrange, Indiana. The beautiful look. It's not beautiful right now. Is it not? It's cold. Not. It's winter. It's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Merry Christmas Eve, guys. So, How you feeling? Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Santa Claus. I'm so time. excited for my toys. <laughs> That's right. Are you going to get that G.I. Joe you always wanted, you think? That aircraft carrier? Oh, the seven foot. I'm going to get that aircraft I'm a- I'm 25. I hope I get that aircraft carrier tomorrow. <laughs> I uh, um, I saw two of those things in one of the stores before, like recently, like last summer when I went with Bill to a, like a toy, I don't know, depot or whatever it is, a shop, and they had two of those mm-hmm. seven foot carrier GI Joe things. The ratio obviously isn't accurate to a, a full the size GI of a GI Joe. No, it is. Yeah. It to- not a not a GI Joe doll, but like the toy. The the, the, the the action figures. Yeah, the action figures. It's it's to scale for them. So it's got to be like 12 feet long. Yeah, it's pretty big. I mean, they're they're really big. Um, I mean, how tall is an action figure? Like four inches? Three and a half, I think. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think even at that scale, an aircraft carrier has got to be like oh, yeah. as long as a car. No, it'd, be, it's, it's, it'd probably be bigger. It'd almost be the size of a house, I bet, if it was real. Um, but no, they it's, it's big enough that like they can fit inside of it and stand on the deck and it doesn't look like they're as big as the tower you know what i mean mm. they're just like half as tall as the well it's like, like the, the tower uh, is only two stories tall right right instead of like 12 stories tall or something 12 that is in reality okay yeah. so an aircraft carrier the uss or the ss ford yeah uss Wait, why didn't you uh, look up the enterprise come on now do you know what show you're on the uss that's, Ford. that's an old one it's small the ford is the big one okay the uss Ford is 256 feet long and let's figure the average man is six feet tall yeah you have to do the math i think the average you need to have a calculator numbers out here carrier the aircraft carrier has got to be 42.6 times longer than the gi joe action figure let's figure three inches yep Mm -hmm. you rounded one number up and the other you rounded down yeah 128 inches divided by 12. That's 10 feet. 10 feet. That's, see, close. 
That's pretty close. Yeah. I'm impressed, actually. Seven I, to 12 feet. I thought it was going to be much larger. Yeah. I actually thought it would I be. I also thought aircraft carriers were way longer than that. Yeah. 256 feet does not seem like long enough to launch a plane. Right. I mean, yeah, really? That's uh, tricky. If you think... Is it bigger than the Ronald Reagan? Uh, it's new. So let me check. The new one could be smaller. I mean, 256 feet. A football oh, field is like geez. 300 okay, feet. The Reagan is 1,092 feet long. Yeah, that's okay, good. So it's much smaller. The Ford smaller. is like a miniature. Carrier. That's for launching drones. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> the drones. Yeah, but you're also talking about the new modern one. We're talking about G.I. Joe. Yeah, that yeah. came out in the 80s. So whatever the 80s thing was. Okay, so the Reagan is like a supercarrier. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, the G.I. Joe thing. So the G.I. Joe, if it's an if it's a Reagan, it has to be like 40 feet long. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's... So I'm pretty sure G.I. Joe wasn't, wasn't popping out 40-foot-long yeah. long. That's not going to fit boats. in a cart. It has to be 80s aircraft carrier, guys. 80s aircraft I hope, carrier. I hope that 40-foot oh. carrier is going to fit inside of your grandma's Subaru. <laughs> that is... Uh... That, then that would be like the Enterprise or something. What I want is the, the Lego is version much of that. smaller than oh, the I want the Lego. Okay, so yeah. apologize my ignorance. Is there a USS Enterprise aircraft carrier? Yeah, there is. I, I think 1,122 feet. Whoa, that's pretty big. Is that longer? Hold on, this says the Ford was 1,100 feet. Where am I getting my... You, Where are your you your data that? is messed up. Are you working it's for the news. White House? Maybe it was like in yards or something. Oh, meters? Oh, yeah, meters. Yeah, it and had stuff. to have been in meters. Right. Yeah, because the Ford is 1,100. 1,100 okay, so what? Inches? 1,100 feet. Okay. Where? I need to go back to that article and see. <laughs> so that, I need to see what they were referencing. Because meters. I know that the... No. I mean, the, like the, the Enterprise is, is age-appropriate, too, because it's, it's a nuclear wind. vessel. Right. Right. Okay, so I just don't know my nautical dimensions. Apparently, waterline. <laughs> what? It's nautical Waterline. Waterline is height. Waterline is 256 feet. It's 256 feet high. Yeah. Oh, The geez. beam is 134 feet. Jeez. That's height including what's under the water, I think. No, beam is width, right? Could be. I don't know. I'm confused. A, they I'm, are a really big boat. Th Dennis will put all the all the, the things in the show notes, all the proper measurements, right? Sure. <laughs> it is a boat large enough to launch... A thousand oh, ships. A, a thousand ships. <laughs> Craft. Aircraft. Aircraft. Yeah. Like in Top Gun. It's it's amazing. I mean I it's it's pretty incredible. It's unbelievable. I also didn't know this. Uh I have a coworker who who served in the Navy. Um in the Navy. Stop it. <laughs> How many more Seven aircraft seven carriers seven the US has? I'm not gonna try and say the numbers because I've been bad at numbers so far. Mm-hmm. You mean compared to other compared to other, uh, other countries? How many aircraft? I mean, based on how many more nukes have. we have than anybody else. I so we have nineteen. Okay, nineteen. That does not seem like enough. We need to have one for every country. I feel like we have more. China has ten. China, Ooh. China. I can't not say that word anymore without saying China. What, I, I. Uh, okay, so we sh from? since we've been talking about the military and we mentioned that David is <laughs> furloughed. We should say that David is not a USS spy or work for the, the military machine. What, what do you do, actually, USS David? Spy. I work for the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. So you're an astronaut. Yeah, the only people that work for NASA are astronauts. <laughs> That's what I thought. In case anybody listening didn't know. Okay, got it. I knew it. I knew it. Okay. 
in case you didn't see hidden figures. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're all astronauts. Uh, no, okay. So, yeah, so he worked. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I got it. I got it. The number of the number of aircraft carriers in service today. Every nation in the world. Okay. Okay. Brazil has one. China has one. France has one. Brazil's got India, their one. That's the India one party boat one. that they've got out there. Italy. Hold on. Italy has two. Whoa. Russia one. Spain one. The United Kingdom one. Thailand one. Wait. The United Kingdom only has China. one. The United States has eleven. I mean, I think I think if you the people who have two, at least they're taking it seriously. If you just have one, it's basically it's you're just like Italy. It's Italy's just your the party. only one that has two. Yeah, they're they're just like. What's Italy doing? <laughs> that they have. I mean, they're completely surrounded by water except on one China. side. They, one of those probably belongs to Sicily. <laughs> Japan doesn't have any. Well, we're still mad at them over Pearl Harbor. Yeah, yeah, they're not allowed. They're not to allowed have a to have carriers anymore. That's right. Um, so yeah, eleven. Who wait? Who? Oh, we have eleven. It, it does. We seem, have eleven. It does seem like it's not enough. Russia only has one. What do you mean it's not enough? It does not seem like it's enough. <laughs> we need to have our the runner up has two. We need to, have, and it's Italy. <laughs> we should be shutting down the government for more USS Enterprises instead. We've of, decommissioned fifty five. Wow. The United States and the United Kingdom has decommissioned forty. I'm not 50. sure why we have as many as we have now that we have drones. Like, how much actual airplane naval combat are we actually doing? Uh, I bet you a lot I more, asked, a lot more than you think. Like, because scout the patrols and stuff. No, yeah. I asked my coworker. I, I said, I said, don't we have planes advanced enough at this point that we can launch? We can take planes off in the U.S. and get to Russia in like ten minutes. I mean, that's a fuel efficiency problem. Yeah. Well, hold on, just so everybody's aware, I'm not hostile towards Russia. Um, <laughs> no, no, you got. You, it could be. You're all, it could be Italy because you like those guys. Italy you like those the, Russian the, guys. The, okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> and he said, he said we still like the fuel capacity. Like we yeah. can get there fast, but the carriers still um, are instrumental in in any kind of air combat. No, because drones, drones are, it's ordnance to still be able to fight. Yeah. If they get somewhere and have to dogfight an afterburner and stuff. No, that's, that's not it. It's it's a matter of ordnance. They, they have much bigger bombs, much, they have guns and a lot of other things that a drone can't have. A drone is a single strike thing. In comparing planes to drones, but as far as like launching planes from the ground, like to get far enough, we still need carriers to get close because... We don't, you know, fuel is still fuel. Got it. You got it. You're right. You're right. We have not uh, uncovered unlimited energy like the Atlanteans. Yet. Like the Atlanteans. Yet. Yeah. Back in well, the Renaissance. Speaking of 80s uh, uh, aircraft carriers and movies, um, let's talk about our last week's Christmas movie challenge Die Hard. Wait a minute, Doc. Ah. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Why don't you lead us off, David, with what is factually true, but we're going to say it for the listeners. Why is Die Hard a Christmas movie? My favorite Christmas movie. Really, Mike? Why isn't Die Hard a Christmas not, movie? Not everybody believes um, it is. I'm just saying. There's a debate. From from the traditional, from the traditional uh, plot to... The perpetual violence. Yeah, it has um, everything to do with Christmas, right? Exactly. It has everything to do with Christmas. If you have siblings, and there's really, always it's violence. It's not. 
I mean, there's no language, so it's a, it's a family movie. Really, when you break it down, it's a family. It's a Christmassy family get together. You rom-com. know, get, get yeah. It's a rom com. Um, it's a rom com. <laughs> it is kind of a rom com. He's got his his wife that he's he's you know. He's I feel like the whole movie is really just just uh. It's just a love Bruce story Willis. between Bruce Willis and uh, um, Reginald Val Johnson. It is. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a love story. It's how Deadpool starts out, right? This is a this is Carl a love Winslow. Story. This is a family movie. Yeah, it's it, I, the the movie takes place around the, the holiday season, and and um, it, it has Christmas music throughout. It, it. has some Christmas mu- music. It has a few holiday quips. Uh, now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho! ho. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's difficult to get away from the holiday or from the Christmas genre because uh, most of the operational floors of the Nakatomi Plaza are decorated for Christmas. Uh, so that's right. It's sort of like a subconscious. Um, attitude you have towards the writing so, um, and the filming. It's only when it's, it's only when John when when John McClane is hiding behind a stack of drywall in the not yet operational floors of the building where you forget for just a moment that it's not. But Christmas. then you're brought back right. when you see uh, Hans, you know Hans Gruber threatening people. Hey, so here you go. I I know you're a diehard diehard fan uh, to use the words. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Uh, How long have you been waiting? I actually Weeks. didn't realize waiting. that I was saying that until I said it. And I was like, oh, crap, I can't back out now. Um, so <laughs> you're a really big Die Hard fan. But which role, honest, trying to be honest, which role is a bigger role for him? Was it Severus Snape or was it Hans Gruber? Have you seen the Harry Potter movies? Come on. I every, mean, everyone's I, seen I, the Harry I've Potter I've seen movies. the first one. I made an I made a I made a special effort because I felt like the Harry Potter movies were kind of a fad when I was because they were all being they released were. when I was a kid and I don't want to get into this <laughs> little stigma. What I about had, the stigma I, I felt towards? But don't I mean you can't compare? I think I don't know. Not, I think I gotta say Alan Rickman's Alan Rickman's uh, role as Hans Gruber to any well, other. Well, I I mean Mike, you're played. you're considering what like seven. Nine movies? Yeah. How many of those were there? Seven. Eight. There were eight. Seven or eight? Yeah. One more than the books. There were yes, seven and One more than the books. number of books. Yeah. Like, you're comparing the weight of that character, character's evolution through all of those films. You're also forgetting Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, yeah. Well, where no, Alan, I, Rickman is the, Alan Rickman is the only actor who realizes that he's in a campy movie. Right. No, Rickman. Everybody else is trying to be serious. Rickman is legendary. I, I'm not disputing that. Yeah, but I, I think that it's the argument would be is that his the role that he's going to be known for the most is either going to be Severus Snape or Hans Gruber. And the reason I say Severus Snape is, I think it's I think it's the millennial generation. I believe that's the one it is that that it's a it's sure. a, the movie of their generation. There, I've never seen adults look back on their childhood more than like, oh, Gryffindor is my thing. You know, like they could be straight business people and like, oh, yeah, Lohamora. You know, they'll get that. Um, so I think that that's a, a big generation. For me, it's Hans Gruber. I see Alan Rickman and I think without question Hans Gruber. Yeah, and but, that's <clears throat> and obviously I'm going to say that because, like I said earlier, I've only seen the first Harry Potter and I hated it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because there was such a stigma between my brother and I, not Dennis, um, our younger brother, uh, we felt towards the series because it was so universally loved by all of our 
you were a hater friends. were you a hater I, we were haters you're haters. we were and honestly still am yeah you should I, go back you should go back and watch them they're entertaining i i did not have any friends i respected who liked harry potter until <laughs> 2008 no trotsky and betsy loved it it was like their their life for the entire time that was up yeah i i don't think that's i knew so about disappointing that. to know yeah that's that's <laughs> that was that was their thing no, Harry Potter is fine. I I I think it's a, a lot less of it than some people. Not because of it being popular, but I just didn't think it was a good story. But um, I mean, it's a kid's story. Well, let's let's circle back to Die Hard. I do have a Christmas Eve Die Hard confession. Okay. Um, I Gross. had not seen this movie start to finish. Wait, I how is this saw... not like a Back to the Challenge? Then what the heck? Jeez. It is a back to the challenge. So wait, wait. Did wait. I not say that at the? At you the did time? not. You when, said it was. Yeah. It was this hard. is a back to the challenge. And if you like me have not seen Die Hard before now and don't want, if we haven't already spoiled it for you, um, jump ahead on the podcast or leave and come back and uh, yeah, and you won't be spoiled. Right. Pause the podcast right now and go watch Die Hard. You should. Yippee ki yay. Right. So okay, what uh, similar to talk, talk similar first, to Dennis, Ghostbusters. What do you think? Yeah, similar to the Ghostbusters movie, I knew a lot of the high points. I knew the quotes. Um, I was familiar with the scene of him crawling through the ducts uh, that people made Christmas ornaments out of, including our friend Trotsky, once we showed him the uh, pictures of people doing that. Yep. Um, I appreciated how... So, let's see. Um, I'd also watched the Honest trailer for this movie, so I knew some things to expect, like terrible german accents by oh see you can't watch that because that, uh, that's gonna that taints your viewing because you clearly um, have a slanted one-side opinion on those trailers then they're like oh yeah here i hated this so you're gonna hate it i appreciate it i mean the trailer was the honest trailer was overwhelmingly positive so okay. there's not none of that but right. um the guy even says he's like what did you think we were gonna slam on die hard this movie's perfect right, right. um i appreciated how the duct that he climbs through is close close to accurately sized yeah or like normally in movies when people are crawling through ducts they're like jeffrey's tubes and star trek oh yeah they're huge yes right um where he's like just barely squeezing through this thing and i'm like yeah that's about right i've never understood Um, how in any movie an air duct can support the weight of any person yeah there's always that i I have never figured do you know how those things are hung like a screw just like like a half inch strap of steel and some nails. I've worked I've worked quite a few blue collar construction jobs and I can tell you with confidence unless they reinforced air duct with <laughs> some 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 load bearing, you know, structural no it doesn't no. No. It's and not you, even ha- and, every and movie you worked on the duct work worked is on commercial industrial buildings, not just residential yeah, I, air I ducts. I did some commercial construction. There were some where the ducks, but here's the thing: if a duct is is reinforced enough to carry the weight of a grown man, the duct is big enough for the grown man to stand up inside of. Mm. Oh, like big, there yeah. are ducts, there there's there's duct work that carries a lot of air, um, and they're you know they're they're solid and they're hung, and yeah, like it could probably support you, but you wouldn't have to crawl through it. Right. What movie is it where the building has a giant air shaft in the middle that comes out on the roof is that like the first mission impossible yeah, mission impossible where he comes down there's okay. a several since then but yes that's one of the most well man it's been a long time because it's Tom got Cruise it's got a cool the server and, cpu or something yeah and he hangs on a wire that almost Oof. touches the floor oh yeah classic right 
most of those shots in 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 uh, stereotypical uh, action films um, are elevator shafts. Yeah, right, that's common. Right, uh, except and, they and did it in this movie had several of those. They did it in Ocean's Eleven, but wasn't that an elevator shaft? Wait, can we say Down into can the we vault. say shaft so many times on the air? Is shaft. that is that is that allowed? Okay, shaft, shaft. Okay, um, edit that out. What what uh? So back to Dennis. Besides the shaft, uh, the shaft <laughs> that we're talking about, this big shaft. I just want to say it again. Right. Um, what did you, what did you think? Did you did you like it? Was now you've seen it all the way through? You feel okay, or is there were like issues? Being a way back challenge, just one of those like, hey, this doesn't hold up, or you know, it's totally works today. You know, um, we watched it kind of late, and I was not looking for. I was in kind of a bad mood, so when we started it, so I wasn't looking for like anything to nitpick. Yeah. But even with that, there were surprisingly few um, of those kind of, uh, like, old movie issues, right? Where you're like, oh, what? Why? Like, aside from cultural things, like, he's openly carrying a gun on a plane, right? Yeah. Um, But as far as, like, as far as, like, things being realistic or practical or... um, Whatever, I appreciated how much Candy Glass paid the ultimate sacrifice for uh, <laughs> those fight scenes in the offices. Yeah. Um, and the the incompetence of the LAPD is hilarious. Oh, it's, that's pretty terrible, isn't it? They are pretty corny. Of course, in any action film where the police are involved and you're and you're fixated on the hero, the police have got to be incompetent. True. Oh, true. Yeah. And the FBI um, was even worse, right? something yeah that's pretty realistic though there's something <laughs> i remember seeing something explode that was kind of ridiculous what is that that's no, a tank the it's the apc right when he, they shoot the rpg at the he tank. shoots the rpg at the car that's not even a tank that's just an apc that's an armor armored personnel carrier which is hilarious yeah, they're just driving up it for whatever reason in in the car yeah in the car right yeah i felt like there was something that exploded excessively in a way that like stuff used to do well and still does if you're <laughs> like a mailbox a mailbox explodes in a big thing yeah it, it's like something falls and as soon as it hits the ground it explodes <laughs> um i don't remember if that actually happened but... i mean i wouldn't be surprised if they shot at some of that candy glass and there might have been some light explosions <laughs> coming from it from a, from a <laughs> crt computer monitor i love the in these in these like 80s action thrillers where uh i love that i love that anytime anybody shoots a weapon there's complete lack of recoil. Uh, of recoil and use of iron sights like yeah. like these <laughs> yeah. guys are professional bad guys right and, and they're just they're, shooting from the hip they're just shooting from the hip every single time <laughs> because it's so cool it's and right. i'm like oh this is this is hilarious What's worse is that now retroactively look at it and it's not cool. Like shooting from the hip is it's not, not cool because it's because it's a because it's trophy. Like, yeah. Um, well, and right. we know like real badasses it's, in the real military with, with 80s and 90s and early 90s. Bad actors. Oh no, it's more than that. Like um, that's uh, a all thing, the John Wayne movies. And I'm he sure shoots we've his shotgun from the, the show hip. at length. But when I was just out of high school, I think I got a box set of James Bond DVDs. Yeah. And one of them was. Um, 
Goldfinger. I think it's Goldfinger where he breaks into Fort Knox. Yeah. And I watched it with the commentary track. And so they talk about like nobody knows what the inside of Fort Knox looks like. They let them film in the exteriors where there's like bunkers and dorms. It's the same set they used for um, Stripes with Bill Murray. Oh, yeah. But there's a scene where they go inside Fort Knox and the director doing the commentary says they wouldn't let us see the inside because they don't want people to know what Fort Knox looks like. And so we just had to make it up. And so they make this super open um, um, building that looks like a cathedral with stacks of gold bars. <laughs> and they're like, I'm, I'm sure that the inside of Fort Knox is just like a bunch of cabinets and drawers and it's super boring looking. Also in that same movie, um, uh, Goldfinger's plan is to detonate a nuke inside of Fort Knox, but not... <laughs> Not explode the gold, just irradiate it. That either <laughs> either will make it toxic for generations, or maybe turn it into lead. I forget which. <laughs> okay, so Goldfinger isn't terrible. the one where the villain tries to separate California and sink it into the Atlantic. No, that's Superman. No. That's Superman, like two. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely one of the Bonds. I don't I thought. I don't, I don't remember that one. But it's been a long. Time. At one point, Bond opens this nuclear bomb too. And when he opens it up, the director again on the commentary is like, I'm sure he's obviously never seen a nuclear bomb. He's like, I'm sure a real nuclear bomb looks super boring also. He didn't say right. super boring, but you know what I mean. And there's a bunch of like like gears with a spiral painted on it and like <laughs> stuff like almost cartoonish looking. Right. And that was at, watching that commentary was when I realized and. I probably didn't at the time, but in retrospect, um, that in in entertainment, in a movie, the the spectacle and the thrill is more important than accuracy. Than realism. Like, yeah. the, the realism and the accuracy will bother you years from now or later on the drive home. But when you're in the theater watching the movie, if the movie's good, you don't care about that. Yeah, you, you don't. I mean, right. we just we just saw Aquaman. So. <laughs> right, right. Well, the the, the uh, I agree. And, and when I look at watched Die Hard again, I I always look at this with rose colored glasses. Anyway, looking at it, mm. it's great. But I I still liked it. I still absolutely it totally put me in the Christmas mood. It's ready to go. I was, you know, not just I mean just because it felt I felt that it gives me a feeling of Christmas when I was growing up or whatever. I, I had this on, so I was like, yeah, this is the time of year when I watch this, and it makes it had to still. Feeling good, feeling of it's like a awesome. like a personal nostalgia. I know yeah. I'll say that we've watched a handful of '80s movies um, that I've seen for the first time: Ghostbusters, Highlander, a yeah. couple others, maybe a couple others. Stripes, I I, stripes, yeah, uh, stripes. Um, and some of those really either don't hold up as a movie, yeah, or are too um, are too tied into the culture of the time yeah. to still be um, to still be good, to still be entertaining. And I don't think that's true of this. Like it's, it's clearly an eighties action film and yep. it has a lot of those characteristics. Um, but we watched this actually with two of our sisters yeah. who had never seen it. Maybe three. I don't know if Sarah had seen it either. Did Jess watch? Yeah. And toward the end, like, 
they would they would see something on screen and then look around the room to sort of see how other people were reacting and they're like this is so stressful i've never seen such a stressful christmas movie <laughs> so so a lot of people's argument uh you know people who are real sinners and don't think that <laughs> die hard's a christmas movie because it's an action film and it lacks a lot of like holiday content right okay but sure. And this question is for Dennis. What would you list are like the top three uh, universally respected Christmas movies in history? Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. Because <laughs> It's a Wonderful Life is the one that I'm talking about. Okay. So in It's a Wonderful Life, how much Christmas detail is there? So the only time they really, that's At really Christmas time end. is the very end. Yeah. Like the whole movie is set all different times of the year. Well, well he, it's, it's yeah, most of the right. movie's flashbacks, but yeah, yeah. right. Because he, he's, he's losing his he's losing up. his job. It doesn't matter about Christmas. It's just he's at Christmas job. time, and it's really they don't really. It's not, but it is a like universally respected Christmas movie mm -hmm. throughout history. Mm, I don't. I don't know. I actually. I, I take that. I. I want to say add this with that movie with there is that oddly enough, Christmas for a lot of people is the most uh, hardest and most depressing time too. And that's what it's really relevant to that story is that he is losing his job. He cannot supply to his family at the most important time of year, which is Christmas, when everything's supposed to be happy. And it and he is that's what makes him so sad is that he's gonna lose it all at Christmas time. So that, I don't think I don't think I think a lot of, <clears throat> and I'm not disagreeing with your point. Yeah, and I know it's a Wonderful Life wasn't on our list of movie break. No, sure, but no, um, I get it. Yeah. But we've all seen it, so I agree. Though um, it's it doesn't have a ton. the The real like the the biggest point of the movie was that the life he was leading wasn't the life that he wanted, and then even the life that he didn't want, which is supposed to be pretty straightforward and secure, suddenly is falling apart. And he's like, I can't even hold together this crappy life. I didn't, uh, you know, uh, the selfish side of me didn't want to begin with. So. That's would, what really drives him over the edge. Would you say that that the phrase for a lot of these shows, it's a Christmas miracle, is kind of the important part? Because that's what happens there. That's I mean, the whole point, Mike. It's that it's a Christmas miracle. The angel miracle. literally comes down from heaven and helps him through his troubles. <laughs> right, I, which makes a Christmas I, miracle. I realized recently, and I don't think we've mentioned this on the show, but we watched a movie called The Man Who Invented Christmas um, with uh, Dan Stevens from Legion and Downton Abbey. Uh, it's a movie about um, Charles Dickens and okay. his process of writing uh, A Christmas Carol. Okay. It's got um, Christopher Plummer's in it and a handful of other people. It's pretty good. Um, but after watching that, I decided that that story, uh, Christmas Carol, is the high-level template for probably 80% of holiday films. Um, mm -hmm. It's this idea of somebody... Some, you know, the protagonist has an idea about their life, whether they like it, positive or negative, they like it or dislike it. And then something happens, whether, you know, magical, supernatural or mundane, that gives them a glimpse of, of an alternative, you know, if, the, you know, positive or negative one way. And I'm being kind of vague because it's a, it's a vague template. But like yeah. in the example of a Christmas Carol, you've got this guy who thinks that his life is you know, is complete, but is just a miserable human being. 
and he gets these supernatural visions and completely changes. Well, it's uh, it's it's the Christmas miracle, right? I mean, that's right. His right. his whole perspective and his whole um thing. Um the movie uh The Family Man with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, um the same premise. It's it's the same premise um but sort of well, I call it It's a Wonderful Life in reverse. Right. Because he's he, actually living. He thinks that he has everything but realizes that none of what he has 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 you know fulfilled him. It's it's a wonderful life where George Bailey actually leaves Bedford Falls. Yeah, <laughs> right, right in the beginning. Well, and I, then I... and then all the way down to the myriad of Hallmark and Lifetime uh, movies where some some you know successful business man or woman from the big city moves to a small town and meets uh, a handsome member of the opposite sex and uh saves christmas and it snows experience the life the the simple life and there's a dog usually there's a dog usually a nice and mint condition pickup truck Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and an over loving mother-in-law and a plan to save the town or the store or the business (laughs) or the farm well this one this one even this going bringing it back to to die hard this this even has the is based around the christmas miracle i mean the idea that he he has he has a terrible life. His it's a miracle his wife, that he was there. Yeah, his, exactly. His family. wife and yeah. his family's falling apart, and because of this bad thing, but it's a great miracle that just makes him be the hero at the right place, at the right time. His family's getting back together, and everything's wonderful. So yeah, it's it's something you know supernatural and weird that happens that causes if, a, a positive outcome. If only that guy in the first scene would have not told him to take his shoes off. He would not have had to be barefoot through that whole movie. That whole movie. Right. Thanks, fella. Thanks, fella. <laughs> Thanks for making our hero step on all that make, candy glass. Make fists and bleeding with your toes. 18 quarts of blood on the floor on his way into the bathroom. I will say something I, I, I love about Die Hard here, speaking of that, is that, like, it, it's I like movies that the, the when the guy goes through hell, he looks like he's gone through hell. I mean, mm-hmm. John McClane looks beat to crud the whole time. Early on in the movie, early on in the movie, one of our sisters said that, like, why is he so dirty? Like, from one scene, I think it's when he gets to the roof and then comes back down. I'm like, well, he was on the roof of a building and climbed through, like, that stuff is getting shot at, and he was crawling through a vent. I know that in the filming of that scene, the vent looks clean, but if you, and you will never, fit inside Mm -hmm. of an air duct, they're not clean. There's a lot of dust in They're there. They're pretty yep. gross. And there's there's he's shooting guns that has, you know, the ex, the explosion what's it called the the flash uh, fire and stuff and then he's got explosions happening around him with smoke. Um so he's yeah, there's bleeding. he's bleeding. He's bleeding. He's sweating. He's sweating Sweating's the like most a important pig. thing. <laughs> right. And so I, he gets I, it a lot. I, I remember yeah. that 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 beater being just white as snow at the beginning. When he first leaves the 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 bedroom. Right. And uh I lean over to my sister. I'm like, you see how you see how snow white that shirt is, that that beater is. <laughs> Just wait. And she's like, I saw the Honest trailer. Like, right. Know, people should stop watching Honest trailers to movies they haven't seen. I agree with we, that one. Yeah. We it, had it, thanks it, a lot, Screen Junkies. We had excuse to uh, excuse me. We, we had we had to put a shush on on David during watching that movie because he kept quipping and quoting the lines, and I was like, there are several people here who've not seen this. You need to not uh, not be that guy. That. 
Yeah, the 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 so I mentioned like him getting beat up. That one of my favorite scenes. There's a lot of hard to say favorite scenes in this movie, but I while watching it this time that I appreciated. Let's put it. I appreciated it a lot more. Was his fight with is it Carl the the, the brother that mm-hmm. when, when yeah, he fights the th- that big huge fight is that um, Bruce Willis just is a great actor in that scene because he is pissed like. He gets beat up. It feels it felt very much like um, Harrison Ford in the Indiana Jones movies, where he when he's mm. in a fight, mm. he gets punched just as hard as the other guy gets punched. And the only guy, the reason he wins is because he just has willpower to just keep fighting and beating, getting beat up, and you know, just stay in there as hard as he can. I feel like that's every punch out knockout. Not always. Oh, we mean with Die Hard, but like I mean, like any action movie. Not really. I think that um, most uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies is just him or Rocky or um, not Rocky, um, Sylvester Stallone movies. Yeah. It's that like he comes out just as awesome as he was when he he never gets hit. He Hold on, hold on, hold on. You said not Rocky, right? Not Rocky. Rocky is about You're specifically saying beer. any 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 I'm... Sylvester Stallone movies except for Rocky <laughs> where he comes out looking as good as he did. Because he didn't look that great going in. No, Rocky's the exception. he somehow exceptions. looks a hundred times worse coming out of those fights. No, not, Rocky's the exception. But but right. you watch like Cliffhanger or you watch um, Cobra. Uh, it? Cobra or uh, Ra- any Rambo. Any of the, expan- of the Expendables. Yeah, the, Hold on, he's, Rambo, he is not he beat up. sliced by that pine tree. He can be in a Before big he fight he and he's still he got a perfectly intact shirt. What? That was a yeah. good scene. Right. So yeah, it's it's not always like that. This this one feels like, you know, he's beat up, and that that's a trend throughout the whole series. Um, I watched. Uh, see, I, I, they show this every year. They usually have a uh, like a marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I usually watch all four of them. And this year, I actually watched when I watched that. I watched, I watched all of them. I have them on on uh, Blu-ray. You can stop after three, really. Uh yeah, but it's it's okay to to watch them all. They're um, different I, movies. I like the like when you one. say yeah. Die Hard, I think of this movie. I don't even I don't even really consider the rest sure. of the series. Sure. I, I can agree with that. But I will say that Die Hard three is pretty great with Samuel I mean, L. Yeah, Jackson. the second two are pretty good. Now there is okay, so it's still a pretty like Die Hard One is a pretty realistic movie, right? Nothing that happens in the movie is that hard to believe. Like, okay, the the way the plot rolls, the way the way that you know, everything actually takes place. Pretty unrealistic. One cop, you know, sure, takes sure. on this whole, it is John McClane. Yeah. There's a scene that stands out to me. Two scenes, actually, in the second Die Hard. The second one is the, the aircraft one, right? The airport, the plane. yeah. So they're fighting on the wing of that Boeing 747, right? Yep. And they fight for a while, which is a cool scene. But yep. there's no way that, that, there's no way that runway is that long. And <laughs> it's it just going to keep going. In the snow, that long to take off. And then he falls off the wing, right? But not before a hole gets shot in the fuel tank in the wing. <laughs> and he does that little puff on the cigarette. Right. Flicks that cigarette onto that. On the snow. There's The jet fuel's on the snow. And the and jet, fuel, like, jet fuel goes in the air. It follows the stream up into the wing oh, mid-takeoff. So and blow. And I'm like, that's a great scene, but give me a break. Yeah, that one was that was the worst one. Uh, there was a lot and of And they continue to take advantage of of the lack of realism with right. every film well one of one of my 
favorites is you know it's it's a on it's you're gonna hate me saying this but it's a tough call for me between the first one and the third one i already hate you already i know i know <laughs> uh because that third one is so good i mean it's it takes you back to john mcclain being beat up already and kind of uh he's in a bad spot he's not a great hero i think they find him drunk and hung over the very at the very beginning of the movie um i don't remember the third one very vividly oh man you should watch that one and go back and watch that one because it's 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 worth watching i Pause remember the podcast Z- right now right <laughs> zeus zeus is samuel L. samuel L. jackson's in this one as a great character and he right, he plays right. zeus and there's the line hey zeus because they call him hey zeus and he's like my name is not hey zeus it's hey zeus um but oh, it's, it's not achu you, you guys, <laughs> right you guys are not uh selling these movies oh it's 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 really good. Great quality um, film. Um, so, yeah, and I, I think of that one, though, because his beater, he's wearing a, a wife beater again on that one, and it is beat to crud as he's running through New York City and dirt's everywhere, and he's getting, yeah, it's pretty great. Is that Die Hard, up. Die Harder? A, a good uh, reason to Die Hard or something? <laughs> die, die Hard. Uh, die Hard 3. Die, die Hard with a Vengeance. Die with a Vengeance, maybe. Die so. with a Vengeance. Die Hard, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that one's really good. I I did like that's probably one of my favorite ones. And Samuel L. Jackson makes that because it becomes a buddy cop show at that point. Hmm. Even though he's not a he's not. What a, I love, what I love about the Die Hard series is watching Bruce Willis lose his hair <laughs> with each subsequent movie. Right. Hey, that he, receding he, hairline just grows up until he just accepts it and just shaves like, it all you off. Look, you look good. <laughs> it's how it is. All right, so that that was a good one. I, I, coming around at the end of it, I, I like personally. I liked it a whole lot. Just as much as I liked it before, I, I watch it every year. I'll watch it again. Um, I may watch it again tomorrow when when Christmas comes and they show it on IFC for twenty four hours. So I'm um, really looking forward to Christmas. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So did you guys both? Uh, I know you did, David, because you were with me. But Mike, did you get a chance to uh, see Aquaman? Yes, I did. Aquaman uh, watched it and, with Sid, um, and I liked it. Uh, okay, yeah. so for the benefit of uh, you, the listener, if you have not seen the new uh, the DC Extended Universe film, Aquaman, uh, a skip ahead or pause the podcast and come back after you've seen it, or, you know, after it comes out on Blu-ray and you see it then. Because mm-hmm. mega spoilers coming. Clearly, you, you just, clearly you fellas you are not not big movie. fans of Aquaman. Is that what, what I'm hearing? In here? case you can't get the whole plot just from the cover, <laughs> you which I can. Um, so this, I mean, this to me felt like a summer popcorn movie. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll repeat what I said in uh, in our group chat, um, which was I liked how waterbending Ariel helped Fish King Arthur save underwater Tron with his dubstep staff. <laughs> that all that all all makes a lot of sense i there's there's a, a very tron-esque scene and that's because they they do the dubstep dubstep music they know? do the dubstep they, pretty they walk back and forth in a way that a way that black panther did i think to great effect uh where they kind of mix the big swelling orchestral uh movie soundtrack with in that case it was kind of hip-hop beats but in this case a kind of uh, sci-fi Tron-esque sound. Yeah, um, they did. They went it for a, just they went like for a, they went for a a a snapping your fingers with your head underwater sort of 
echo. Yeah, with it was. The sound. Yeah, it was. So uh, I wanted to drive home the point that in case you forgot, you're watching this whole movie under the ocean, underwater. Yeah. Which, which somewhere, actually, I'm gonna on, say they, they did a good job. Of. Yeah, I thought they did a good job of that. I mean, I think some, it's a huge challenge to make this movie in one that you know going into it, it's going to be so heavily CG, mm-hmm. and 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 you you got to make it not look terrible. So um, early on in the movie, um, and I just want to make a quick quick point before you continue on with whatever you're saying. So I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to yep. say what I have to say, and then you're okay. welcome to keep talking, okay. but I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> um, when when the white water soldiers come to take uh, um, Atlanta, yeah, yeah, Atlanta what was Nicole Kidman? Yep. When they come to take Nicole Kidman away from her her main coast lighthouse home, I made a joke to our other brother, our fourth brother Daniel, about them looking like Power Rangers. They were all a bunch of white rangers with guns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. And then Black Manta got a suit. And I was like, in case you were concerned, Dan, about only seeing the White Ranger and not a Power Ranger villain, fear not. You, oh, you get one. You were you were in a different uh, you were in a different row in the theater than than me. I said that his uh, Manta suit looked like that little robot guy in the headquarters at at uh, Power Rangers, whatever that's called. They're, Either way, he looks like a character from Power Rangers. The, the little guy who who staggers around, going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch Power Rangers. Uh, I, I I would like I to. Wasn't in, born in the, I would oh, like I, to interject. I guess it was here. Daniel who watched Power Rangers. I would like to what interject to here say? that I believe that Mira is older than Ariel. I mean, like her character creation. I want to look that up, but I think that she was created mm-hmm. before Ariel. I mean, and I think, and I the, think that the that these guys were created before the Power Rangers, or like Black Manta was. So. If anything, oh, so those other two things copied. I mean, Aquaman. okay, you're getting real, you're getting real, <laughs> when, real here. They when were did, out first, is the thing. When did Hans Christian Andersen live? Because I feel like that was like the 1700s. Or something. He didn't make a redheaded, redheaded mermaid. I mean, he okay, wrote but the in little our, mermaid. In our day, with with the example MCU is setting for our for our uh, <laughs> cinematic production universe, right? We should not have villains that look like that in a 2018. Summer popcorn. Stuff. You know, we just we, Dennis and I had a, good happening for things to be this way. Den, Dennis and I had a long conversation about this several weeks ago about how we talked. We talked about the topic of how costumes can be that way these days. As if if they'd come out, because I admit, like Mantis's Black Mantis um, suit is kind of over the top, just exactly like his comic book counterpart is. But our conversation we had was that. They can do that these days. They can make a movie and people don't like say, oh, this is terrible. Don't watch it because Aquaman is in gold scale mail and uh, green. Don't watch it because no, it I looks love corny. that was my favorite part because because you can you can you couldn't 20, 15, 20 years ago. The X-Men had to have like flight suits on with just a hint of color on them uh, or, right. or it was too corny. Now you can come out and actually do a I mean, because that doesn't shy away from them. right away. You have. So that's funny. In all another... these Atlantis shows. In, outfits still in the 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 dc you know cinematic universe you got you know look at look at the difference between nolan's verse uh yeah christian bale batman he yeah. was just a ninja right yeah right and he used some some u.s army tech bulletproof armor and a bunch right. of other random gadgets that he owned and spray painted a black and called it called it a day right then you look at ben affleck and he's got what is the closest adaptation to a traditional Batman comic uh, suit? 
Right. I don't know. You, you haven't seen the 80s ones, right? 80s. I mean, I've seen them. Yeah. I just try to forget them. Right, exactly. So, okay. But when you see him fight in uh, Batman v Superman, not a great film either, but yeah. when you see him fight, you get the feeling like he's a superhero now, right? Yeah, he's not he's a ninja. He's like one-arming. He takes one arm and throws a dude across the room. You didn't see Christian Bale doing that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. in the same respect, none of the villains in the Nolan's verse movies, the Nolan's verse trilogy, were superpowered villains. Right. So that's the a lot of people want to make the the comparison between, you know, Nolan's verse and and Zack Snyder's uh, adaptation of Batman. And right. um, the the big point that I make is just that um, in Christopher Nolan's adaptation, it's all realistic. Like the Joker is a realistic villain. Um, mm-hmm. Bane is just a strong man. Um, yeah. It's all possible, right? Yeah. In in Zack Snyder's adaptation, it's it's supernatural. Superman, I totally agree. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, it's close. They, re- they really embraced it. They really did. Yeah. Like, and and th- that got set off with uh, Man of Steel. Like right off the bat, that we're saying, hey, there are aliens that can fly. He's wearing a blue suit, red cape. And it's it's a thing. This is that a movie li- wasn't it wasn't called Man of Steel. It was Superman Collateral Damage, Man, which is <laughs> that's the way. See, that's actually a really good point is that be, this collateral damage thing is like, yeah, hey, guys, we're not in a Nolan's verse here. We're in a thing. If you watch any, any we're going to save Metropolis, DC, but we're going to absolutely flatten it first. Right. But 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 again, if if you watched any DC comic book cartoon or you watch or you read any comic book they level cities all the time i mean there's a dc series called collateral damage right correct me if i'm wrong no 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 that's a marvel i believe is it yeah um but the yeah it's just part it's been part of comic books superman it's cool that he can punch somebody through a skyscraper it's only people nowadays who watch the nolan verse they're like yeah, uh, but there's like the secretaries and the janitors all died, and then the building went. I was like, okay. Does I nobody get it. care about the people? Nobody. I mean, no, nobody. The thing is, nobody really does care, except the people to, don't want to. To be to be fair, I mean the the process of adapting comic book characters into films has always had to walk this line. I mean, we've talked about this a couple times in the past few months, going from original uh, um, X Men. Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, X-Men, to right. present day when we've got, you know, uh, Jason Momoa and Green Scale Mail, um, of trying to appeal to new audiences, new, uh, fresh, um, unbiased audiences, or unbiased is the wrong word, um, and An acclimated, still, maybe? Yeah. And still appease the longtime, you know, movie, cartoon, comic fans. Yeah. And try to appeal to both without being full, you know, uh, um, uh, full fan service in a way that's completely exclusionist and alienating. Yeah. Um, and so all of that to say, Man of Steel is sort of the mainstream audience, mainstream, the normals uh, introduction to this kind of widespread collateral damage i I agree marvel does it a little bit but they're much more conscious of it yeah Um, and dc has and dc with this entire new dceu has just embraced just embraced that comic booky 
thing and it doesn't go away over well with some people does not so much um and this is relevant to aquaman because i think aquaman totally does the same it does the same thing uh justice league was over the top comic booky with you know hold the on i gotta stop and... you there mike i haven't <laughs> yes. seen justice league okay but okay, it's no, it's no just over the top comic booky it has all yeah. of the stuff that's like man of steel or uh that kind of stuff and then aquaman continues the trend i mean you just don't think too hard about it like if aquaman walked into a bar and all of who he is it just you don't think too hard um i mean it's like i said earlier about the spectacle so yeah let's um let's try to get into some specifics here um where do you think mike this this sits uh in the dceu films that we've gotten so far like where uh, do you rank this? Yeah, it's a, it's a that's a subjective thing. There was like what four? I think Sid and I were talking about this earlier. There's like four, I believe, right? There's there's, there's Man of Steel, or really, or maybe five. Yeah, Man of Steel, Justice League, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Batman vs Superman. Batman vs Superman. Okay. Five. Also, Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, Suicide Squad does count. Okay, which is not connected to anything else, but you get Batman. Batman's in there. Yeah, Batman's definitely bat. in there. Get a little bat. It's the Affleck Batman's in there. Um, okay. Ah. Uh, I mean, I think it's the most fair comparison rather than trying to sure. put it up against the MCU or compare it to uh, the best comic book movie of all time, Superman 3 with Richard Pryor. <laughs> uh, no, I, I agree. It's f- fair to rank it on those uh, on the DC ones because they're just different. Uh, man, it's close to Wonder Woman, which is probably the number one. Um, oh, I think I would have to agree. With yeah. No, Wonder Woman is pretty great and pretty solid all, all around. Uh, but I like Aquaman too. I, I just, just because it was fun. It, you yeah. know, it's, I, 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 okay. So I will admit some things I said before. I can't remember if I've said this on the show. The, a lot of my childhood comic book things, characters that I liked were, were what would be considered the B movie or the side character things. I liked um, Iceman. I liked Angel, um, Colossus, Silver Surfer, and Aquaman. Those, I don't know why I liked those. I just wasn't a Superman, Batman, Wolverine, Spider-Man person. I wanted the, I liked the more interesting side characters. Was a superhero so, hipster fan. Was it maybe easier to, to get those comics? No, I, I didn't as, read comics until I was like demand. 15. I just think that like watching mm-hmm. Super Friends and things like that, everyone liked. Yeah, I don't know. It, maybe it is because everybody liked it. And I, I hate saying that, but everybody liked the Superman. They were just easy to like. And I was like, well, do you hate a lot of superheroes that are universally loved? No, I don't. I actually, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, I, I like them, but, um, but as a kid, I liked the, the different ones that were, you know, more not so, so, so mainstream. Um, yeah. and Aquaman was one of them. And I can't for the life of me tell you why I liked Aquaman. Nothing about him in the past is cool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he, his, I did what, later what on. About when he, some what about stuff. when he skis on flying fish? Uh, exactly. Exactly. All terrible. Um, now later in life, I read several Justice League comic books, and his character has evolved considerably cooler. Not Jason Momoa cool, but he's um, he's <laughs> hashtag Maui. Like, yeah, Maui Dubro. He's definitely not Maui Dubro, uh, but he is. There's a line in Aquaman where he's he he's trying he's kind of trying to get talk Mira into giving up on the whole mission, mm-hmm. and he says, "I'm not a king, um, I'm a blunt instrument. That's what I've done my whole life. That's all I know. I'm not a leader." And he says, I don't play well or work well with others. Now, that's what they turned Aquaman into in the comic books in the last 10 years-ish, 10 to 15 years. Okay. is a He's a king. 
just like Aquaman ends up, and he's fine, but he is a blunt instrument that does, he's not like a, a, a hero, noble, makes the right decisions. He's just powerful and does his stuff, which is what this Aquaman is. Jason Momoa Aquaman is that Aquaman. So he's pretty cool. I like that. I never get that he's going to be a leader, I guess. I think I'd like to see Aquaman 2 where he's like, he fails at social economics, you know? <laughs> right. And the education system of Atlantis takes a big toilet dive. Sure, sure. Um, but, you know, you, I, I did. I, I liked a lot about everything. And I, it was crazy that when he came out with his suit on at the end there, it was okay. Like, I got a little giddy. So Yeah, I am, thought it was all right. Am I, am I crazy or does Aquaman sometimes wear that crown? That gold leaf crown. Uh, in the comic book, yeah. You, only when he's like in Atlantis or something like that, like an official business. Okay. But, yeah. I, it's possible I picked up that somewhere from the Injustice comic sure. or, or game. But sure. when I when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's that crown he wears. And then when he puts the suit on, he's not wearing the crown. Something um, that was off-putting, the, the, we talked about all the gaudy superhero-y type things, was Mira's costume did not work. Like, making her in that green skin tight merwoman outfit yeah. just did not work i liked her dress that they put her in when she was in that special like evening gown dress made of jellyfish mm-hmm. so that was like that mike <laughs> it was cool it was like really pretty and it flowed and it was like that's neat um but her other out- outfit was pretty it looked way too cool and that was the point i was making with with uh with um mantas costume yeah like a lot of the costuming choices were pretty uh they weren't thought out right yeah they weren't thought or they out could have been done better right i and i can respect your attitude towards aquaman's final costume where they're like what what does this costume look like in the comics it is gold and green he's got green gauntlets gold armor on his on his torso and a giant gold trident that is exactly how we want to make him in the movie and they did that, too they don't even mess around they didn't mess around one bit and i was like great this is great um yeah I but think... Black, you're right. Black Manta could have told they could have done better. Like, oh my goodness! I, I, I like the line that he says, like, "Oh, I've got to make the helmet bigger." Okay, they're justifying their reasons for choosing the, the costume, but it could have been better. And they when did just this guy become? When did this guy become not only a, have a you know a, a doctorate in in engineering? <laughs> yeah, right. But totally be able to modify uh, Atlantean armor. That was sudden, you know, so special. Like they're like, okay, you don't know your 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 common, oh, you know, uh, hillbilly Pirate. weapons aren't going to be good enough to defeat Aquaman. So here's a suit of armor, and he's like, great. I don't know anything about this, but I'm going to completely change it. And yeah, why, why doesn't he just gun. put it on? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create this. I'm going to I'm going to change this giant laser gun into a helmet so I can shoot lasers out of my eyes. Yeah, why? Well, I don't know why he's just like Is I'm going to put this Star? on and be it. No, he's yeah. Not. Right. Totally. I, yeah. Uh, Pat, my buddy, Pat, he had told me when he watched this before us, he said, um, he said they tried to do too much. They tried to put all these characters in. It felt like a Spider-Man three thing where they're having all these villains. They don't need to have it. And I agree. After watching this one, like Black Manta is probably the most well-known, if you know any of Aquaman's enemies. Um, and he's kind of cool, but you, you just, they wanted to do Orm and Ocean Master. They just wanted to do Ocean Master's story here. Um, yeah, it's, which is it's a little bit. Yeah, I mean that was one of the one on the on the long list of problems with Batman v Superman was same kind of thing where they were doing 
doing too many things. Like you get to the end of the movie and he's there. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that this guy was a thing. And yeah. obviously he survived because he's important. I mean, I had no idea who he was because I never yeah. read the comics. But um, talk about Lex. No. Uh, Black Manta. Manta in this. Oh, in this. Yeah. I think to go back to the to the DCEU ranking thing, um, it might be because I haven't seen it in a long time. I walked out of the theater yesterday um, saying that, yes, this was the closest to uh, Wonder Woman that DC has gotten in this in this series, in this franchise. Right. Um, sure. On further reflection, and again, it might be because I saw Justice League a while ago now. Yeah. I didn't hate Justice League as much as uh, the sort of critics and, and box office reflected. Of course, yeah, we could probably go back to the episode of the front porch where I talked about it, and I, you know, I probably had plenty of complaints. Um, I liked it. I I said recent in a recent episode that um, the comic book movies don't have to be funny, but they do have to be fun, unless yep. they're really serious. Like I think uh, Batman in the Nolan movies, at least in the first two can pull this off like they're not they're not really fun but there are parts of them that are fun so it you know it doesn't have to be funny but it's yeah sort of the whole the whole franchise not franchise the whole genre um of ridiculous impossible things even if it's just a guy who is a ninja with a suit the fact that grapple hooks work like magic and he can disappear with a smoke bomb like yeah it's still fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Right. Um, because you're starting out in a world, in a setting that has this, these fantastical things, you have to, it has to be a fun ride. Like it's sort of, I mean, really the whole action genre works that way. And yeah. this movie did a lot of that. Like Jason Momoa is, is great. He's funny. He's at times almost too funny. Yeah. Um, I compare him to, a little bit Robert Downey Jr. in in uh, you know the MCU or uh, Chris Evans is uh, uh, whatever Fire Guy in Human Torch. Yeah, Human Torch in Fantastic Four. Flame yeah. on, Flame on. <laughs> um, yeah. What's his? I want to say Johnny Storm. Johnny. Yeah, Johnny Storms is his main character. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, like. Andrew, my our brother Andrew said to me once or twice during the movie. Um, he said it's like there's nobody at DC at Warner Brothers telling them what is and isn't cool anymore. Um, and I know people said about Wonder Woman that it had too many money shots. And what I mean by money shots is like if the character poses or it's in slow motion, or the lighting gets really dramatic. Um, for Aquaman had a lot of those. Aquaman had so many. I mean, I would yeah. say easily twice as many as Wonder Woman had. I was yeah, like, I, how I many times my... is he going to stop right. and pose inside of this submarine? Like, right before oh, he yeah. goes, into the, goes into the waterfall, and he, like, turns around and does the pose from the poster, I'm like, oh, no. Come on. Come on, Warner Brothers. You're so close. 
Yeah, so the, the, I, I call them my poster shots. Like, I want to have. Yeah. A, you just want to put a poster on the wall of that, but there's like fifty of them, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like Free Willy only jumped over the kid once. Yeah, to right. create the cover, the cover photo. Yeah, and uh, that's and that's what those are the things that to me bring this down closer to Justice League in the DCEU rankings for me personally. I personally yeah. thought a lot of the quippy humor from uh, Jason Momoa were a little uh, heavy-handed. Excessive. Oh, so. I thought I actually thought that the whole writing was pretty not great. That was that was the weak part of the whole show. Mm-hmm. Was the when, writing. He jumped, when they jumped out of the airplane and he was like, oh, redheads, what are you going to do? I almost yeah. lost it. I was <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, how how did how did all the proofreaders and all the and all the people watch this and everybody at Warner Brothers was like, "That's good, that's good," when yeah. it wasn't. I mean, yeah, that... a, a bunch of the same people who decided to let uh, a guy with a super pessimistic worldview direct two Superman movies. Hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah the 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 line that bothers me the most in Aquaman, there's several, and and I, I don't put it on the actors because I think Momoa did. Okay, he did what good he with had. what he was given. They he read was, the lines. Yeah. They great gave. with yeah. with the writing, right? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. but but the writing. It, while they had okay plot stuff and they didn't do terrible, they're just their their dialogue. The dialogue is what it is. Yeah. The dialogue writing was not great. Um, and she, there's a the, oh god, it's really bad. At the end, don't, when Mara don't, don't is hate on Nicole. Okay, never mind. No, it's it's, it's when Mara. Oh, no, it's when Mara is announcing King Arthur. And they're staying. I'm like, oh, it gets I, the I writing. Just like they brought their nephew in that day. We we like, saw this what, like ten, twelve of us, our family, all watching it. I think all of us at that scene were like, oh no. On the drive home, I was like, just just let Willem Dafoe do that part. Yeah, um, it was not good. But I don't. And this is this is just me personally. I don't I don't really care for Amber Heard. I don't think she's that great of an actor. Yeah, um, she wasn't that great I, in this either. It it helps a little bit to know that this character is, um, see, see, you know, from what you said, and I was googling it a little bit earlier. Like she's been around since the '60s uh, yeah. with this with this franchise with this character. Like that helps to explain why it's a little bit like um, in Game of Thrones when Amelia Clark as Daenerys is wearing this white wig, even though she's brunette, and so her eyebrows are still dark. And people yeah. are like, oh, that looks weird. And I'm like, well, in the books, she has silver hair and purple eyes. Like, she's she's got to look like this. Like, this is yeah how it goes. And that like, helps sort of excuse her really obnoxiously red wig that she's wearing oh. through the whole movie. But Ariel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mira is queen. She's Aquaman's wife. It's like, it's, it would be like Lois Lane. She's the Lois Lane equivalent. Yeah. So... Yeah, you can't not have her. And actually, she's better because she like when he's gone, she leads Atlantis, and she's the the leader. Yeah, so, and I, and I just yeah. don't think I don't think this actress like lives up to that. I agree. So that they should have let her play Lois and get Amy Adams in here to play. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you're right. It did. It didn't. And they put her in a ridiculous costume with the the hair from the Medusa from I don't know if I want to see Amy Adams go drop jaw while she's controlling 50 foot waves (laughs) just Amy Adams close your mouth close your mouth with her her water I will say there was there was the the water bending scenes were pretty great with her I thought they were pretty cool 
Um, I think like, it was one of our one of one of our brothers, one of the brother that's that's not big into into comic book um, stuff. You know, he'll watch the action films. He's not big into uh, the source material, but yeah. he's like, why didn't she just control the water? And and kill all the bad guys. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, she can only control so much water at a time. Yeah. Like, and, and it takes a lot so of energy. Powerful. She's only so powerful. Yeah. Like, she can't right. just pick up the ocean. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and and then actually, I'm glad that they did it, or I would have been really annoyed at this throughout. Is that when he can control animals, like why he just didn't turn all the animals against each against their their riders? Like, I'm glad they did that. I will and say, one, I got I got I got borderline giddy when he when he threw the little. A little dubstep wave at at the Kraken. And, oh yeah, and she like straight up stops, and I was like, oh man, he's hot. Now she's gonna respect him hardcore, or they, maybe just yeah. I think bringing her into that fight kind of undermines that because I had remembered way when, unnecessary when that happened when he goes down there to get the trident and deal with the guardian or whatever they call it. Um, I remembered seeing a book by Lovecraft in the. Uh, lighthouse set in the prologue sequence yeah um, like when when uh atlanta wakes up like as the scene is panning up there's a one of the lovecraft books and like a fish tank on it or something and so when he goes down there i'm like i'll bet you this is going to be some kind of cthulhu thing you just see tentacles and hear a voice and i was like that's yeah. pretty cool and then they bring it in as this big you know somebody who's never seen a kraken before designed it's like a kraken yeah yeah uh, uh thing that that's was what I, of... I told my sister i was like guess what in this movie about aquaman there's a gigantic sea creature <laughs> and you guessed yeah. it it's a kraken it's a kraken. it's a kraken you got to you got to uh the i uh, here's something that's of note we should at least comment on get your take on it both you guys so uh, we've talked a little bit at length of the marvel de-aging process stuff this was massively done in this one. What do you think That's of that? True. Like, That's how true. did you how did you feel it came off? the The underwater scenes with Willem Dafoe were a little bit uncanny, uncanny valley. Yeah. Um, I I think Nicole Kidman probably looks strange with no CGI because she's had a lot of uh, um, plastic surgery. I thought that she, I couldn't tell a lot between old her and young her. Young her, yeah. sure, a little bit, and, but. And and that's what I mean. Like. She's yeah. 51. Yeah. Yeah. She old. <laughs> it's not that old. But she she's not like wrinkly 60, 70 year old person. 51, she, Mike. It's not Maggie yeah. Smith we're talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, William Defoe is old, much older, right? I think he's in his 60s. And right. he's pretty wrinkled up. Um, and got deep face lines. So him putting him back, I felt it was okay. You're right. I think the underwater scenes when he was teaching him definitely looked uh, weird. Um, I mean, it's hard, you know, how do you, how do you portray that? Right. How do you portray uh, humans talking underwater? Uh, yeah. And, and it was okay. It was not as bad as I expected it to be. Also, the, the... Uh, you, you mentioned Willem Dafoe. We got to add Willem Dafoe and um, uh, Randall Park. Uh, maybe better known as Asian Jim from The Office, to uh, oh, yeah. to the the pedigree of actors who have crossed over, who have played both DC and Marvel characters. Yep, yep. Who the did he, the who did he play in the Marvel universe? Um, do you remember Mike? Somebody he's like a doctor in 
Uh, uh, was remember. he Doctor in one of the original, one of the to- Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember him being in the other ones. You, you had said that, but I couldn't remember who what he was in. I know that um, Green Goblin is William Defoe, and he was a great Green Goblin. So he, he did good in there. Um, I thought that that Nicole Kidman, past Nicole Kidman, was pretty great and worked. And I I couldn't tell the de aging very well. And then current one, they actually felt like they were making her look older than what she was by giving her like white haired dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and was, I was like, it was that strange. wig did not look great. Um, and I thought, wow, she looked better de aged. And then uh, his name I think is Timu Morrison, which is Django Fett slash every clone trooper. Um, the dad. Okay. He, he, I think he was uncanny Valley for me. Like at some points I was like, Oh, he looks normal as a young guy, but then this scene, his lips look weird and it's freaking me out. Hmm. Um, and maybe because I knew what he looks like now. Right. It's kind of like, I didn't really notice, uh, um, Cavill's Henry Cavill's mouth in justice league looking strange because I didn't know about it. I mean, right. I knew something was a little weird, I think, but I didn't really notice it where I think if I knew that they were CGIing out his mustache, I would have really noticed it. Um, Randall Park plays a character in Ant-Man and the Wasp named Jimmy Woo. Okay. I don't know I if that. that rings a bell for you. He's, it doesn't. Well, I, I think I that... Uh, he's in there. So do, you think do you think it's a... Um, it's a trend that they're just an accepted trend now that they're going to do instead of recasting younger guys. Like, for example, Momoa, when he was a teenage kid, they just recast. They just give it another kid. They don't try to make Momoa's face look younger on an actor. They just have sure. a different actor. And I mean, when they could do things in the past, just have different actors. And you just assume and they say their names and there's kints, you know, I, I think they're just going to do that kind of stuff more and more. It's It's like any other special effects. Like there was a time when, you know, we could see uh toy spaceship on a string and accept that that was supposed to be a ship in space and now that we have the technology to do that with computers nobody does it with a little toy on a string anymore it's so weird Um, that though that you've seen these actors when they're young or at least me i've seen nicole kidman when she was that age right it's because you're old mike well, you can actually watch them on TV, right? <laughs> William Defoe, I, I when he was that young, you can go see those those episodes, and it's he was he was something of a scientist himself. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, so yeah, Aquaman, I think is a thumbs up for me. I thought that, thought it was fun. I think that it, it's good to to watch. It's weird that they release some of these things in in the the winter. That and Bumblebee, I think, should have been summer releases. Christmas is a weird release. Star Wars is now becoming Christmas releases. I don't understand the logic in it, but whatever well yeah i feel like we have star wars to thank for it It, yeah or well no harry potter was all released during the christmas season yeah they did that so every one of those and lord of the rings uh the same way yeah at at least so it it, clearly it makes money they go for that big profit but and maybe maybe it's also because the summer is every for the next 12 years is already lined up with every week true true okay we're uh we're running running a little long on time, but since we're since we're near the end of the year here, I wanted to look back on 2018 and maybe give. I mean, I saw more movies in the theater in 2018 than I did in 17. Still, only saw like half as many as you did, Michael. But yeah. uh, I wanted to maybe pick pick like two or three. I was going to break them up by genre, but uh, and you can if you want, but. Um, Maybe pick like two or three of your favorites that you saw 
Um, you can rank them if you want. I'll I'll probably give mine. In, sure. In Let, let's order. let's uh, let's actually ask David, who hasn't seen probably like a quarter of what we've watched. Do, do you, David, do you have a favorite movie you've watched on last year? A favorite movie that really like? I'm glad I went and watched that. I don't know if um, our listeners have ever heard of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> um, they had right. they had a movie come out in the last year. Um, it was called uh, The Avengers: Infinity War. I might have heard and that. So one. it's the it's 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 the third it's the third movie in a in a trilogy of movies um, that have been released over the last few years. Um, it, it involves a team of crime-fighting superhumans, and uh, do they wear do they wear red and gold outfits? Fight some, with tridents. Some no tridents, but there's red no and tridents. gold. And uh, okay. so yeah, Infinity War. Like all Americans, I loved <laughs> it. So if if yeah. Infinity War is off the books, um, I was a big fan of Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, that was uh, that was a fun one. I I uh, for me. And, and I don't know how I, I've said this to several people. Infinity War. It's hard for me personally not to rank that as one of my favorite, if not my favorite yeah, movie really ever. Yeah, it almost doesn't count. It's like saying Star Wars. You know, I, what's your favorite movie of all time? Well, let's take Star Wars off the table and let's talk. And it's absolutely know, that. crazy that that MCU has reached that point. Right. right. So DC, I mean, we're, we're very critical because they're so far behind and and there's a lot to be critical of. And it's. They're just making you know, bad we're choices. Still, we're still, you know, they're making, but Infinity War is so good that it's too good. It, you can't analyze yeah. it. You can't stack it up against other films. Yeah. That's a, that's a level. I mean, that's a real level of success. It's right. also, it's also only half of the story because part of the journey is the end. Yeah. And we've not but seen the, the end. Yeah. True. True. Well, I, I think that uh, in, it's you know to to go on the record with the air of, of saying that Infinity War is probably one of my, if not my favorite movie of all. That's time. why I was doing a bit earlier. I mean, it's kind of it's it goes right. without saying. Is is because, um, that's anecdotal. When I say like personally, like I, I'm not saying it's the best movie ever made all time. I'm saying that for me personally, it is my favorite movie of all time. So in 2018, yeah, definitely Infinity War. And like David said, let's just put that off the board and and just say okay, that's that. Um, I did love Black Panther. It's an MCU movie. I loved um, uh, so non. I haven't watched a lot of dramas this year. I've saved my like drama shows as I usually do for the home. I'll watch you know Netflix sure. or or shows like that. I don't go and see a lot of those in the theater anymore. But uh, and I'll watch. I don't know. I, I liked Tag and Game Night. Those were those were fun non-action movies um, throughout the year. Um, but I liked. Um, Ready Player One, I liked it a lot. That and Bumblebee were pretty, mm. were pretty good in there. Right, it just again, it fits me. It was fun and it was a good. Happy, if I was, if I time. was to pick a favorite aside from Infinity War, like we discussed, I'm gonna have to go with Fallout, mm. uh, Mission, the Impossible. Mission Impossible film. That was pretty cool. It was just great, and was they can cool. continue making Mission Impossible films, and they're always gonna be great. They are, of course, gonna be great. Uh, I thought that. Um, Ocean's Eight was fun, good, smart, witty. I, I, I liked the the decision to go an all female cast. Sometimes a, that can be seen as just you know a political thing or whatever it might be, but that worked and was wonderful. 
Hmm. So I've, I've not seen yet that yet. I've not been able to convince anybody to go see it. Uh, yeah, based on that casting decision. But yeah, and, and that's that's too well bad known because it worked so. perfectly for that. So yeah, yeah it was fun. I, I enjoyed that one. Um, so I, I looking back on this list of things that I've seen, I'm actually surprised that I haven't seen more. It felt like I've watched more movies this year than than I have. You, you have quite a list here. Yeah, look at this. He's got like yeah. thirty movies on here. I've got like seven. <laughs> Yeah, I I do watch I do watch some movies, but so so for me I um I mean I guess I sort of I sort of cross Infinity War off the list. It's kind of like I I say talking about the original Avengers film. Like if you're asking who's your favorite Avenger, um, I always pick Captain America because yeah. to me Iron Man is off the table. Like okay, he's sure. he's so much a, he's such a bigger character than anybody else. Um, I'm like he doesn't count. Okay. So taking Infinity War off the table, um, I think I think I enjoyed Solo as much or more than than Black Panther. I know Ooh, so- that's, a, that's a tight one. It's oh, it's tough it's to tough. Say. Like I know Black Panther was a significant film. It was you know it hit all of the high points, the good uh, you know characteristics of an MCU film. Yeah, it had every, where, it has everything. Where Solo, you know, underperformed in the box office, but coming off of Last Jedi, that is our 2017 2018 uh uh dead horse to beat. Um, right. I I really enjoyed it. It was just a fun uh, you know, kind of story. I also like Amelia Clark, which helps. Um, I did. I did like that, and, and I'm glad that you mentioned that as a as a as a nice mention. It's, at least I it's think early. It's, that's that's why I made this list because like. It's been a it's been a long year and there have been a lot of a lot of really good movies. I enjoyed Ready Player One as well. Um Ralph Breaks the Internet, we talked about. Uh that was good. Yeah. I know neither of you have seen this, but I really, really enjoyed Mary Poppins Returns. Um I mean yeah. it's a it's a children's family movie. It's uh it's rated PG, but I think it had a really difficult uh it was really ambitious. Um like you know the original movie with julie andrews is you know a widely regarded classic um and so to take something like that and do it it's a little bit like um like force awakens um it's it hits a lot of the same notes a lot of the same themes but it's not a direct copy you know enough things are different uh emily blunt is great um the whole the whole cast is is great um I, I'm, a, I'm looking forward to seeing that one i i'm i'm surprised that sydney chose to go with aquaman over mm. mary poppins but we'll, we'll watch it it was just like the first thing she chose to do the aquaman anyway. i mean it helps that that's fresh in my mind but uh it was good right. um another one that maybe a little uh a flew under the radar is the is the overboard reboot um i did not get to see that i did not or remake it. it uh it doesn't have the same like charm of knowing that the that the two actors are a couple and that sort yeah. of plays into their chemistry but in 2018 doing the story with uh the genders reversed it it's, it's sort of an interesting it's an interesting way to do it it um the story uh m- my family watched we watched the new one and then i had not seen the original and so we watched the original a day or two later and 
you know, knowing that they're a couple helps, but the premise of like, you know, the man finds this woman and she has no memory. And so he makes her like take care of his kids and clean his house. is a little problematic, right? Yeah. He's, uh, it's pretty bad, right? <laughs> in, in, in 2018. But, um, that one was okay. It was better than, you know, I think if I had seen the original first and watched the remake, I would have expected it to be bad. Um, and it was, and it was pretty good. I also really liked game night. I thought that was funny, goofy kind of, uh, yeah. uh, straight, straight up comedy. You, you need to watch tag. You need to watch. Tag. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I mean, if, not... if you like game night, you should watch tag. I, I bought it on black it. Friday it on for like list. five to six bucks. So yeah. When it's, it, uh, yeah. It's very fun, like like Game Night. So yeah, you're right. I, I I say this every year that it's a great time to be a an entertainment lover or pop culture <laughs> person. I, I I look at these lists and I and even the ones that I haven't seen, there's a, a glut of fantastic shows and movies, TV, entertainment, yeah, I mean, comic the, books. The barrier everything. to entry is such that that so many obscure things are being adapted into film and 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 TV, Netflix. Um, that's it's great. Um, yeah, one, yeah. One other thing before we before we get to the end here, um, I wanted to set up our our last challenge of 2018. Oh, of the year, right? Yeah. Um, gotta, this is we got to make it a happy one. Got to uh, make it. It it'll be it'll be pretty happy. Um, this is a okay. movie called uh, Joy. I'm not going to pronounce this right. Um, Joyous Noel. Uh, it's okay. The title is French. Uh, it's J O Y. E U X uh, Noel. Oh, okay. I don't think I don't think I've heard this one. Um, this is a it's a French film. Uh, I think the characters uh, speak their own languages. It's a story about um, the Christmas truce that happened in World War One. Oh, you're not you're, you're you're giving me a World War One movie, and I said happy. <laughs> Mega there's mustard. I've there's mass mustard gas and chemical warfare. Oh. Well, it's. Early in the war, in the first in the first year of the war, I think the war had been going on for like six months. Um, okay. It was it was Christmas time, and they had this trench, these trenches, uh, um, along the the front lines of the German and. I mean, you know how they fought in Allied. World War One, right, Mike? <laughs> yes, the trench warfare. Yes, right, Tren- trench warfare, and it's the first year of the war, so things are not as um, there's not as much animosity yet okay. because. Everyone's still expecting the war to be pretty short, and it's Christmas Eve. And uh, historically, groups of soldiers on both sides came out of the trenches and met in the middle uh, peacefully on Christmas huh. Eve. Uh, okay. In, I think it's 1914. Not so is this a true story? It's it's based on true events, yes. Uh, oh, okay. I, I saw this movie like 10 years ago um, and was reminded of it by a podcast that I listened to. And so I thought it would be good to Ooh. watch it again before this is a full length, the new year film. Yeah. You're not talking about that commercial. <laughs> no, where they all sing Holy night. I don't know what and the Germans and the French or the, the Germans and the Americans all come out. Maybe it's a chocolate commercial, <laughs> but it's on this, again, it's not on this, world war one based on David. this exact, this exact concept that That's during funny. the holiday season, like, they got out of the trenches and like greeted one another and like played football or something. Hmm. I mean, that... no, they must have clearly appropriated a real thing. If that's what this. I'd never it's heard a, of it's this. Based on true story, so... I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure they weren't. No, I'm, this... I'm not sure they might have 
saying whole night together. This is a full length film, but uh, oh. yeah. Okay, so uh, I'll be cautiously optimistic with <laughs> what's what's the expectations thing, Dennis? What's the just moderated mo- expectations? Moderate your expectations. Yep. <laughs> but but I yeah I am I don't know I'm 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 in the mood. So after watching Die Hard, all the Die Hards, and getting into the Christmas season, after watching some not so great Christmas movies, hopefully this will continue the trend upwards on our last one, and we start our big poster have you told have you shown david the poster that we're doing uh no i'll i'll show him when we get back to the house it's our i got a poster of 100 movies that are supposed classics and uh we're gonna do one a week Mm. it's gonna take us like two years well it's a good thing you guys have a solid seven days before the end of the year to get in that 2018 challenge it's true yeah we'll we'll get it in and then we go into lead roll right into the to the poster thing so we'll you know we're, yep. it's and gonna... then we'll we'll kick off 2019 with uh good old shawshank redemption oh fantastic. Andy, with andy dufresne andy oh my dufresne. goodness andy dufresne cool man awesome. all right hey Go thanks ahead. for being on the show david you are for, welcome for, michael for flying in just for this that's for what this reason. That, yeah, that's exactly what i did too because i thought why why just get in on the podcast from florida which i could have done when I right. could be here in person, so right, and then, and then it's a side thing you can do is you can go see your family, like yeah, as a side. I had thing. forgotten about that. Yeah, you could do that. So that was pretty cool I'm that glad you, you reminded get, me. You get to go do that, not just to, hey, I think Dennis can probably take you over there after this. So, I right? I, I would hope so. Yeah, I can give you a link. All right, I appreciate it. Cool, awesome. All right, friend, you have been listening to the front porch. This is episode seventy. Uh, special thanks, as always, to our good friends over at Geek Scholars Movie News. If you like movies, uh, film headlines, previews in glorious podcast form, you can check them out. Subscribe. Uh, if you like role-playing games or Star Trek or ridiculous, uh, not-safe-for-work humor, you can check out our other show, uh, Klingons and Dragons. That's at KlingonsDragons.com. If you have feedback, questions, comments, topic ideas, if you're going to play along with us on the 100 Movie Challenge, you can email us, frontporchpod at gmail.com. Or you can head over to our website. That's frontporchpodcast.com. We've got show notes, contact forms, all that good stuff. Uh, If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And while you're there, if you leave us a review, we appreciate that. Thanks, as always, for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. Dave. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Night. See you next time.